to an episode of G.I. Joburg. My name is Steve. I'm in Manila. I'm joined by the boys. That are made out of vanilla. This is Paul. What's up? Damn. It's a thriller. <laughs> it's it's Rob and he's, he's chiller. Could it get any triller? I did it, guys. Um, <laughs> you're on the West Coast. Um, yeah, we're all here. Achievement unlocked. Yes, in this episode of G.I. Joburg, we're going to keep it light. There's a lot of darkness in this world these days, but we are still four grown-ass men talking about our plastic action figures. Gentlemen, let's crack this one open. What's in the news today? What's new with you? Kuja, lead the charge, my man. Why not? I I think our our listeners are all over, and I raise a glass to you, uh, ladies and gentlemen, at this late hour. Let's see. Of course, of course. I'm not going to say the word. You guys want me to. No, I think everybody's uh, that stupid term, socially distanced. But uh, out here on the West Coast, business as usual for media. And I think I'm in the middle of March Madness, which, of course, has my attention. And I've been burning up your guys' uh, YouTube timeline. So thank you for that. Yeah, what's that all about, Cooge? Well, I did know that some of my... uh, Delivery was frightening to people, but I figured I would try and find a space marketing wise for people who can't sleep right now. And you kind of see a video pop up and you're like, oh, man, what is this guy talking about? Yeah. So there's that. And I'm going to drop videos that kind of frame my voice artistically. I think today I'm doing the spider stack, which will be uh, like my Spider-Man comics and, and cues that I took for the black book, etc. So. The Black Book V2 is available on Indiegogo, and I'll say this about it, and then I'll let it go because I'm promoting on all the other platforms, that uh, I think right now, especially with people feeling like they want to uh, stay in rather than go out, it's definitely time to uh, support a local network, get to know the people around you, because uh, that's, you know, that could be your network in the near future, but... Um, G.I. Joburg's gonna keep turning up. I think we're gonna stay positive. And, of course, the Black Book. Oddly enough, guys, tell me if I'm a liar. Uh, a corona is the plasma that exists within a star, the aura around it. Um, there may just be some, uh, plasma in the Black Book, so you know. That's all I got. I'm gonna hand that off. What have I just been talking for, like, five minutes? Yeah, a good five minutes, man. And I will say this much about your additions to the YouTube channel, and uh, there are three succinct points. Firstly, they always catch me by surprise. Uh, I never know when the the upload's going to happen, and I never know what the content is going to be. So it's fun to visit your own channel and be like, hey, what is this? What's happening? (laughs) Awesome. The second point is they are so hypnotic. Kujo, you have a delivery style, which is just, it's just out of this world, man. Damn. (laughs) I missed my true calling, apparently. Crystal ball. (laughs) And three, you are a one-take master. I can't get over the fact that there are no cuts. You're a one-y. And and yet, like, you don't sort of, like, find yourself in a dead end, which is where I am right now. (laughs) You know, like, (laughs) how do I puzzle my way out of this without having to cut? I would pitch this format in the respect, and I'll I'll actually revisit uh, my conversation with Arthur Burkhart, if you recall that one. Oof, good luck, bro. He might be throwing fists the next time you see him. No, I love that guy. This is the voice of Destro, if anyone's wondering. 
check the tapes. He said he, an artist has to be careful what they do with their voice. And I definitely heard that. And I was like, what's the most authentic a person can be is, is just do one take, minimal edits. And that way, like, you're not a product. You're just some some cat in the dark with red lights on you or whatever. But you definitely have got in your mind, like, I don't know how polished it is, but it's definitely a signature approach. You have a structure. You don't run out of gas three quarters of the way in. So mm. in that very simple respect, I'd like to pay you a compliment. Here's the actor telling Mr. West Coast that you're smooth, dude. Hell yeah. There's merit to your content. There's no nuts in you. <laughs> As Bill Shakespeare once said, uh, once more into the breach, dear friends. Actually, that was the Charge of Light Brigade. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> I got nothing, guys. What do you got, Paul? <laughs> I got an airtight. <laughs> Whoa. And I got a Nemesis Enforcer. And I got a Cobra Law Royal Guard. And a few other really, really cool Joes, courtesy of our good man, Andrew Creech. We decided um, I needed some G.I. Joes, and, and he sent me some cool stuff. And, wow. Guys, I know everybody gives Cobra Law such, like, such a lot of, like, grief. But I gotta say, the toys are really, really cool. Like, the sculpt on this Nemesis Enforcer is great. And that Royal God is, is fantastic. I'm really, really enjoying these. And I am so happy that I finally got my own Airtight, which is such a random toy to be excited about because i know a lot of people out there are also like oh what's he supposed to do so oh, yeah well, so guess that's... what buddy <laughs> covid19 that's <laughs> for the safest mofo in there he's surviving damn right and also another character that joins my uh, my ranks is outback and this guy has been coming with me all over the place so i've taken him with me to clients uh offices and um yeah, it's been great, and uh, he made a f uh, an Instagram appearance the other day. I got such a beautiful specimen of him as well. Like Andrew, you just get the 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 nicest, cleanest toys, man, <laughs> to give to people. So, wow. Just don't let Outback eat any pangolins, please. Yeah, no, no, we don't eat pangolins here because we are, because you know, firstly. Pangolin cons conservation is a real thing. I even did artwork for a t-shirt for that. So <laughs> just putting that out there. But it's not one of my shirts. It's for a company called The Norm or The Norm Wild. And they created a pangolin shirt to create awareness. This was three years ago, by the way. I'm just I'm just putting that out there. We were there first. <laughs> yeah. And Rob, anything new for you, man? Any new toys? Um, I'm still pretty excited about the uh, the warthog that Stephen got me for my birthday. It's definitely, it's still very clean. It's too cool. I haven't taken it, taken it outside yet, but um, I am planning to once this, once the, the month of March ends and I don't have to work every single weekend. <laughs> Wild. Oh, hectic, dude. Why do you have to work every single weekend of March? Reasons. Um, next weekend is uh, UConn, which is uh, the University of Cape Town organizes a, well, one of their clubs organizes uh, a, a, a kind of a mini convention. So they're putting that on next weekend, yeah. um, and I've had to work. It's still going ahead. Yeah, it's still going ahead, wow. dude. They're, they're 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 like. Dude, the Cape Town Jazz Festival has been cancelled. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if this one was on the chopping block too. I don't know. I mean, the thing is, it's it's student run. So I mean, I don't think the students know much about um, you know pandemics in the world. And at this point in time, yeah, it's not like they're educated or anything. No, obviously uh -huh. not. <laughs> 
not like they speak a lot and are very vocal. Hmm. I don't know, man. I I would be. I'd keep my eye on that. You might not be working as hard as you as you anticipate. Well, that if that happens, then I I'll definitely be taking the the warthog out next weekend. Bonus. Yeah. Well, that kind of segues with me, man. I'm I'm on my way home. <laughs> My work is cancelled. I'm, cool. I'm out of a job. Oh no. Shit, dude. Okay, so yeah, man. The rest of the run is is dev- our audiences dwindled to next to nothing. Yo. Uh, and the writing was on the wall. And then uh, I think on when was it? Tuesday night, we received word that the president of the Philippines was giving an address. Uh, basically instituting curfews. Hmm. That there had been new cases, and so. We are all kind of prohibited from having mass gatherings. Yo. Mass gathering of over 500 people in a close proximity. Of course, a theater is exactly that occasion. So we are packing it in and heading home a week earlier than expected. There are other, obviously other um, consequences, but I'm not at liberty to actually say at this point. Okay. But here's... I mean, I feel very guilty owning up to this, and maybe karma's going to kick me in the ass, and this is going to somehow not be the case. Uh, we are being paid out in full. Wow. So, vacay, baby. Yo. So, so you headed headed off to to the wifey in Australia. Correctamundo. The next time we podcast, I will be at GMT plus eight oh. instead of GMT plus no GMT plus ten. Instead of GMT plus eight, whatever, doesn't matter. <laughs> It'll always be awkward, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll be a little, a little bit further on in the future. But I will say this much, guys: Manila has been great, absolutely wonderful. It's, it's a uh, definitely the flip side of the coin to China. It's an island nation with closer ties to the United States. It's been uh, very warm and welcoming. The standard of everyone's English is excellent. They get the show, they get the content, they get the gags, Hmm. and there is a thriving vintage toy market in this town. Manila has got so much treasure to be had, and what makes it that much easier is if you've got a friend to trawl it with. Hey. Robert Kalupitan, shout out to you, my friend. I didn't want to give him any warning that I was coming to Manila because things being the way they were... It was always dubious as to whether or not I was actually going to get here. But when I set foot on Filipino soil, I immediately chased him up on Facebook Messenger and said, Hey, buddy, how close do you live to Manila? Because I'm in town. Let's play. Mm. He was like, dude, let's hang out immediately. (laughs) And we did. And he showed me all the spots. He introduced me to his lovely wife, showed me his business, took me to lunch at the DC Comics Cafe in Mega Mall, and took me to... The Shopsville Markets at the Green Hills Shopping Center, which is (laughs) better than Hong Kong, better than China. I mean, it's approaching like Kokomo Toys level of vintage goodness, boys. Um, The YouTube video chronicling this journey will drop shortly, as will an interview with Robert. So check back on the podcast and uh, you'll get some bonus content just a quick interview that we knocked out yesterday. Uh, I wanted to just pick his brain about what it's like being a toy collector in the Philippines. And it's it's a dog-eat-dog world, man, but uh, Robert has managed to rise above and is such a good guy. Really, really good. 
those of you who are in contact on the G.I. Joburg Facebook group, feel free to drop him a personal message. He is very friendly and would love to make your acquaintance. Very nice, Stephen. And that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> are we on to new shit? I suppose we are. Uh, on my toy hunts, among other things, picked up a cobra maggot with worms. <laughs> yeah. More. Yep. <laughs> Sorry. You know, uh, it, it, it did come up in our beige vehicle debate. Uh, and I think it's a simple case of when the thing is strikes you right between the eyes, you'd be a fool not to pull the trigger. I mean, such is the case for a South African boyki roaming the world in search for his very specific niche of toy in the flesh. If it happens, sublime. If it happens and you don't happen to have the thing already, yeah, man, no hesitation. And I didn't, and I'm happy. It's uh, it's a good toy. <laughs> uh, expect expect a GI Joeberg review forthcoming because while I'm waiting out my quarantine period in Australia, I'll have shit all else to do. <laughs> Is the ascot in good condition? Mint. Oh shit! It's a bright yellow. No paint nicks on that. It's a good figure. Holy shit, Cooge! It's a good figure. It does have some personality that. Most Cobras don't. Too much, in fact. I mean, who else is supposed to man that that artillery piece? There's several seats, but I don't feel like it looks right with multiple worms. And I know this flies in the face of pretty much everyone who's photographed their maggot in recent memory with, like, other worms all over it. But I do think that worms should be regarded as a unique character. Or at least... Not as common as rank-and-file tank operator. Hmm. This guys he's kind of high up on the food chain in terms of the artillery corps. And that's how I play him. And interestingly enough, and this should be standard with every artilleryman, I think he's the O-ring figure that can look up the highest. Hmm. He can actually tilt his head back and look skywards. It's quite unique for an O-ring figure. I don't think I've seen a single figure that can do that. Give some big yeah. ups to Adam Riches, who made that uh, Worms Officer art, which we've poured over on several occasions. I'm moved for the fact that all Worms should be of officer rank, that there are not enlisted Worms. I mean, he's got battle medals and ribbons. It's such an ornate look. It just does not... It doesn't scream... It, it flies in the face of the file card. Let's put it that way. The file card kind of chronicles the fact that these guys just have to be strong lunkheads. And yet they are so ornately dressed with an ascot of all things. And a helmet that looks like it has, you know, obviously a, a, a radio pickup, as evidenced by the, the, the antenna. I mean, these are expensive looking troops. Underneath, his helmet does not come off on the original figure, correct? Cujo, you're killing me, buddy. I know. <laughs> Are you still on another planet? Yeah, it's a removable helmet. And okay. beneath it, you've got something akin to the uh, the Toxo Viper of the next le- next year's release. It's got, like, it's not a plain balaclava. It's kind of got ridges and lines and bolts. It's it's something else, man. Really, Is his is. nose exposed, much like the Toxo Viper? Negative. So none of that clown nose paint rub nonsense. <laughs> okay, well, the purple point let us 
transition. Actually, does other people have new stuff they'd like to bring into focus or no? There is new stuff, courtesy of Robert Kalupitan, but I'm going to keep it uh, a surprise because Rashing that shit. there's a little something <laughs> something for everyone. Whoa. Yeah, guys, you might not know this gentleman other than in name, but he knows you, he likes what you do, and he regards you as friends. So, um, yeah, it's it's a very heartwarming thing, obviously. Um, mm. Go G.I. Joburg, man. Good community of people. But now you know, Robert Kalapitan is very, very cool. I must say, he's got such a great uh, presence and personality on our Facebook page. I love, like, the pictures he posts, uh, because he's a big Transformers guy as well, and he often, like, posts cool pictures of his new of his new swag, so that's always, like, fun for me. Paul, as much as I had to talk about with the man, you and him would not stop. <laughs> uh, because, his, you know, the, the depth of his knowledge also ranges through Gundam, video games, retro Japanese anime. <laughs> the list goes on and on and on. Comic books, artists... Yeah, he's well studied in the arcane arts of fanboyism. But doesn't he work at a comic shop as well? Um, actually, surprisingly not. I think he wow. he he had an online community that he managed, but uh, his his work is is more in um, well, you could call it a convenience store. Yeah, him and his wife own a convenience oh. store. They're looking to okay. expand to a number of different stores. I love his stuff on Facebook, and I love that he's into into like mecca and old school mecca and and that kind of thing it's so cool <laughs> i do know we have definitive environment troopers on our mind how to survive in hostile environments well sometimes it takes a suit produced by the lowest bidder made from recycled action figures that's an obscure reference if ever i heard one but ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, what is your definitive hostile environment trooper? Who's your favorite guy in a garish, bulky suit wading through biological wastes and toxic fumes to try and do battle against an insidious foe? Or maybe their true cause is to destabilize the environment and ultimately become the toxo-zombie. So, my first hostile environment trooper has got to be my favorite. Ozone. Even though I bought it under misleading circumstances, has got to be Clean Sweep. Oh, yes. Wow. Hostile environments require garish colors, and you don't get more garish than that canary yellow. The removable helmet, great touch. The fact that he looks like someone who's just finished their doctorate underneath that helmet or <laughs> mask or whatever you want to call it is also fantastic he's got such a you know an un uh movie star-esque action hero-esque face <laughs> terrific <laughs> the misconception that i speak of is i read the card saying weapon really shoots water or whatever it says and i assumed it was his pistol <laughs> <laughs> Because on the on the card, I mean, obviously he's he's plunking off a couple of rounds, and you're like, wow, how do they manage to make something that small squirt water? Okay, I was about you know seven <laughs> years old at the time, so forgive me, but uh, nevertheless, it was a very very cherished pistol. I didn't have many handguns back then, so even the fact that it was Lumo Green didn't offend me. 
it just fit with his uniform and the rest of his equipment and that was cool by me the fact that his sludge sucking robot companion was a different type of weapon or water squirting tool to the other eco warriors who i always thought were a little bit lame because those pipes were just too inflexible for them to accurately hold their weapons i preferred the tank and i preferred the fact that clean sweep had a, a more usable backpack a more practical backpack but ladies and gentlemen i am an idiot sometimes <laughs> now that's on record uh <laughs> i thought that his pistol was supposed to go in the backpack slot so that c clip that is supposed to accommodate the computer i thought that his pistol was supposed to go in there and it did it slides in and although it doesn't look like any pistol holster ever produced in the world because it's just kind of like it's this kind of aerial which is protruding out of the side of the damn thing which you can then reach back and pull out and hey voila it's not an aerial at all it's a pistol with a very long barrel that is indeed not the intention of that slot at all and unfortunately it has resulted in my backpack c clip becoming very stretched it will now no longer accommodate the computer ah oh. <laughs> what did i do with the computer you ask <laughs> Because, I mean, what does this extraneous accessory do if not to plug into his backpack? Well, you see, the plug is pretty much the right size to go into the screw holes on the side of the sludge-sucking robot. Huh. <laughs> mm. I attached the screen to the robot and was none the wiser. Of course, articulating at that point multiple times eventually got it snapped. So on my sludge sucker, one of those screw holes is occupied by a green peg. <laughs> and that screw will never be accessible unless I drill it out. But yeah, I suppose fond memories is what swings clean sweep into the clear lead. And even though Airtight was the first, I'd say clean sweep took it one step further. And is the ultimate evolution of leaky... Not a leaky, well, the G.I. Joe equivalent of the Leaky Suit Brigade. Leaky Suit Brigade. <laughs> yeah. mm. Hey, we was... care about our people. And if I said it once, I said it a dozen times. He was my de facto Alex Sector from Mask. Mixed with Brad Turner. <laughs> Mask fans, you know what I'm talking about. All the time, fighting crime. Mm, the smarts of Alex Sector, the bravado of Brad Turner. That's a good character in there. At least you get to explain away the uh, interesting and offbeat head sculpt. He definitely wow. has the least heroic head sculpt, I think. I mean, he actually looks like a middle-aged man, which I think is really least cool. Least heroic, age. you say? Mm. That's, yes. That's fodder for another conversation. Maybe. <laughs> you going to back me up on this one, Rob, or are you going to come out of left field? No. Yes. <laughs> But like ozone or, or payload or something. No, I I, I, <laughs> I I agree. I think he looks like the most like eco friendly dude. Like he actually looks like he, he knows what he's on about. More so than like other guys like than like Ozone. I mean Ozone just looks like he's angry all the time. He's like, You're making me clean up this shit again. Yeah, well his code name's Ozone. <laughs> <laughs> he's like a Greenpeace hippie Nazi. Yeah, he's, he's definitely, he hates on anyone who, who throws plastic out. And, he, and he'll definitely sludge you up for, for doing that. 
but yeah, I think clean soup is is is, is a big improvement over airtight. Airtight, I mean, looks cool, but it looks very generic. I think compared to clean sweep, he actually looks like he's wearing, you know, some sort of like environmental suit, especially with that helmet. And I love that the helmet is, it covers his entire head down to the neck. It feels more like he is actually trying to keep safe. Um, and I never knew any of this about the equipment. I think by the time I I, I came around to your collection, I mean. I didn't even know you could attach this control panel to his backpack. This is this is news to me. <laughs> Mind blown. Is yeah. anyone going to go old school? I'm curious. Because we've got two for clean sweep right now. Who is the best hostile environment trooper? Come on, guys. Paul, are you going to swing it in favor of airtight? Somebody's got it, right? I I am, actually. Why? <laughs> I remember uh, distinctly like not wanting to purchase that figure. Saw him in the store, and I was like, nope. <laughs> I don't understand that gun. Guess what? Yeah. It's not a gun. <laughs> it's a it's a very big sniffer or vacuum or something. I don't I don't even really know what the hell it is. But here's the thing. Um, I have wanted a vintage airtight ever since uh, you did the first episode for... Uh, of the, not the first episode of Playmotion. I think it was the second one. Um... For G.I. Joe book where you've got Airtight being a, a prankster in the background with the chair and everything. And, <laughs> and I was just like, wow, I really want a vintage Airtight now. Because he's such a great toy. And I gotta say, like, you know, you guys talk about how Clean Sweep is protected from biological contaminants and hazards and things like that with his helmet. Um, but Airtight, you can't even remove his helmet. That's how, you know, protected he is from biological contaminants, <laughs> man. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, it's not even a, a removable helmet. But here's the thing. I am very much in favor of Airtight being my, my number one hazardous waste Joe. But I really, 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 really love the modern era version. I actually think the modern era version has done so much for Airtight to make that the definitive uh, hazardous waste environment toy. Okay. Because not only does he come with his vintage backpack, um, he comes with a different backpack, which is just like a, an air tank. So it's not just some air purification monster that sits on his back. He's also got, um, it looks like an, an air purity scanning device, which the original doesn't have. And he comes with a shotgun because mm, might be a this Geiger dude needed the gun. Ooh, a it could a black be a Geiger box. counter. Yeah. That, that was my initial thinking, and I still think to a large degree it is, but it might be, it might be, I don't know, there's something about it strikes me as it's, um, it's meant to be for, like, to check the air purification or something, like a, like a gas, uh, thing, like a gas Stove. protection thing or whatever. Anyway, but I really, really dig the modern era, and I think as far as the toys go, it's definitive, but as far as the characters go, airtight is very cool. I mean, he's a practical joker for crying out loud. Clean Sweep, that's what you guys love about Clean Sweep is what I totally hated about Clean Sweep when I was younger. It's why I've always kept these... Oh, not always. It's why when David used to have him, I remember taking off that hazmat suit helmet and being like, oh, wow, okay, <laughs> just put it right back there. I was, <laughs> I was like, wow, that's me at like 50 <laughs> or something, you know? <laughs> oh, because that shit. freaked me out. And then... It's funny that you guys like um, mentioned that he's got quite a unique sculpt when because when I look at him I think of him as like 
oh wow, wasn't that guy in E.T.? You know, <laughs> with his hazmat suit. Um, but hey, it, it's a great, it's a dead ringer for Marty McFly in um, Back to the Future. You know, when he's wearing that yellow hazmat suit as well. Anyway, mine is mine is airtight. Modern so, era airtight. Because wow. he's just cool. Modern era airtight nochal, yeah. Yeah. I'd even mm-hmm. say Tiger Force airtight, but I don't I don't actually have one. And I think it, uh, and I don't think Tiger Force airtight comes with all of the cool gear that the the normal modern era re- releases um, come with, or release comes with, should I say? Is Cujo gonna swing one in favor of Cobra? <laughs> Oh, you I know he is. I have to. <laughs> I do like the Back to the Future illusion. Cheers. Thanks. Let's see. I think uh, at least when I first saw the picture of the Toxo Viper on the back of the file cards, you know, like where the preview pick is, it was one of the more intriguing pictures. And there was a there's a lot of good figures in this year. So right off the bat, I picked one up, and it really only misses a couple ways. First of all, I will I will complain about the nose. I, I still don't understand that move to leave the nose out. I think it's also on the uh, Mamba pilot. Am I right? Correct. Mm-hmm. That's not a good look, guys. But I do think when you look at the card art, it is uh it's threatening, and the helmet, at least in the art, is freaking awesome. Unfortunately, the paint apps on it kind of made him look like a grimace to a degree. Um, I think uh, his gun looks dangerous, like we we mentioned with a clean sweep and uh, airtight. Like, what are you going to do, vacuum up the room? At least Toxo Viper looks like uh, you don't want that red that red barrel in your face. So, <laughs> what do you suppose it fires? And uh, that's a Kuj- great question. Clean Sweep does have a laser blaster, or, you know, it, it it definitely is an offensive weapon, his pistol is what I'm saying. Backed up okay. by the file card, too. Yeah. Fair enough. He's a little late in the game for me. Um, <laughs> I don't know. What do you think? Are you seeing gas coming out of that thing, or is it like a spotter or something? Because it does have a gun barrel above it. Perhaps a combination weapon, then. Perhaps it is used to dispel... Noxious gases, uh, or acids out of the big sort of hose part, you know, the sort of the big barrel. And then the top end is a conventional carbine or uh, machine pistol. Yeah, the noisy cricket or something. But then the magazine doesn't make any sense, because I assume that the magazine's in the front, or maybe it's in the handle. I don't know, man. I, I, I've been trying to figure out that gun since time immemorial (laughs) do you guys have any love for the toxo viper 2 slash zombie like that evolution of a figure certainly his visibility gets better in v2 i don't know how you see through that like crazy like i mean it looks cool as hell and once again is something that you'd expect from mass crusaders working overtime fighting crime Nobody. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Jeez, guys. Let her brother hang, huh? It was bold. (laughs) But, um, yeah, in terms of actual vision, it's bonkers. Um, look, the V2, it just looks very sexy, which perhaps is the wrong call. 
Mm. Or, you know, the suit should still be bulky. But these guys Speaking look... Speaking of Cobra Law. <laughs> I don't know, they look like... They definitely have jumped out of some kind of B-grade science fiction. I love Dr. Viper's design uh, because it is so retro in a lot of ways and it, it also seems to borrow something from Alien. Um, especially the helmet design. It kind of looks a lot like the escape craft of the Nostromo. If you guys look at it from the front. I don't know why. Oh, yeah. it just Those does. angles. <laughs> the sort of yeah. The, 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 yeah, diagonal lines. But mm. I, I I do dig that the Toxa Viper in a lot of ways is over-designed. Even down to the actual face sculpt without the helmet. And um, something I only experienced with this toy when I had my own, uh, my, or I have my own complete one, is that the helmet clips on really nicely. It's got a, it's, it's got a very authentic, like, sort of, Collar. like, thump. Yeah, it just, mm. that's so cool. Like when yeah, you, you lose that on V2, definitely. It's very svelty. And V2 does, to me, looks a lot like a robot. I don't know why, it just has a very, like, cyborg I was about to say, Starriers, if you're familiar mm. with Starriers, there was, uh, well, they, they sort of were robots but made by Tommy, Tommy, and you could fit little pilots in, or silver pilots into the head units. The bad guys, I think, had like, typically had like red, um, red clear plastic for those cockpits. Mm. And, and, and one of them had like horns at the top of his, um, head. And I might be me- messing up the, ca- the color palette completely, but like purples and greens, red face plates are all kind of design aesthetics that could have fitted in that toy line. Yeah, man, you just need to like re, re-jig the colors on like one of those evil stories. I don't even know what they, what they were called, the destructors? Something like that. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I know. We, we're going deep <laughs> now. Um, but yeah, it does feel, it does have, yeah, I'm trying to put my finger on what a V2 Toxo Viper evokes for me, but I think it's something like that. Well, it, story is. it also came out at the same time that they were redesigning the, the eels as well. So they were kind of going for this more sci-fi look for most of the, the bad guys, kind of more streamlined, you know, versus the, the, the yeah. kind of like bigger or more realistic looks of, of, of the previous versions. Do you think they wanted to make rank-and-file Cobra troopers look more like robots in mm-hmm. order to kind of distance it from actual killing of human characters? Because, you know... They seem to be phasing out the removable helmets on troop builders that would then reveal a fleshy face, mm. like Gyro Viper, like Toxo Viper V1. Toxo Viper V2 and Sludge Viper, those guys could be battle android troopers. Very much so. I always did think that, that, that I always thought they were robots when I was a kid. Hmm. Then David was like, no, they're people. Rob and I thought they were Terminators. <laughs> yeah. Terminators. Well, that's, that's the kind of thing. I thought they were like a like a cyborg, you know, kind of vibe. So who is our definitive uh, hostile environment trooper? Clean sweep. On three. Boop. One, two, three. Clean sweep. Clean sweep. You guys wasted uh, your votes. G.I. does not have to name a single definitive uh, hostile environment trooper because there's enough hostile environment to go around, boys. You step out of your door, you're taking your life into your hands. Mm, Better stock allegedly. up on TP. <laughs> yeah, just make so, sure you all get your flu shot. <laughs> nice. Rob and I'll be rocking uh, outfits from, uh, I suppose, the early 90s. Paul, you've got something from the 20-teens. And Cooch, yeah. you're rocking it old school back in 88 with a purple puffer suit and uh, 
black boots with like turquoise insets. Yeah, man. It's He's not ready easy for that to music pull video. off purple with red gloves, but hell yeah, it's a good look. <laughs> it's a sexy toy, though. I mean, Toxa Viper, you're so sexy. Damn, Paul, you Damn. just called it overdesigned. Make up your yeah, mind. Yeah, it <laughs> is over. No, it is totally overdesigned. But that's the charm. That's what makes it sexy. It's that's it, what makes it, it sexy. It's like, ooh, baby, you're wearing so many clothes. <laughs> Put on some more clothes. Put, the, <laughs> that, put, that, that's put the that ridiculous hat on. Mm. <laughs> yeah, call me daddy. <laughs> put on that turquoise Papa Cobra. Bonus. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Look, <laughs> oh. look at all those circles and lines. I want to hold onto your onto your vents. Put on that. Make sure that backpack's on. <laughs> look, all that extraneous sort of vent work and ridge work and curly stuff is like a Giga painting. Yeah, very much so. It is it is a design that you said you tapped on on Alien, and that's absolutely right. There's like Alien yes. tech in there. Definitely. Very much so. Yeah. yeah. Oh. With that down, I I wanted to throw this in. Uh, recently, we had a guy on Facebook. Uh, he's just joined us uh, on on our Facebook page. I believe his name is. Richard Cox, I could be mistaken here. This guy, he's just rediscovered G.I. Joe again, and he's really loving it. And he's been posting a lot on our G.I. Joeberg uh, Facebook page. And uh, he he let loose, like, are you a real G.I. Joe fan, or how do you know you're a real G.I. Joe fan? And then my, my brain started tick- ticking on this, because uh, my first knee-jerk reaction was, well, you know... If you love G.I. Joes, you know, you know you're a G.I. Joe fan, whatever. You know, if you love Spider-Man, you're a Spider-Man fan, whatever. But then I, my brain started going more and more and more, and then I just never got around to replying to this because I was like, oh, I'd love to put this in the podcast. So here we go and see if you guys can jump in. You know you're a G.I. Joe fan when you see a vehicle in a toy shop and you wonder if you can put your G.I. Joes in it. <laughs> Those of us listening, right? Okay. Paulie, I've been seeing that Jurassic Park Jeep, like, on appearance here. Oof. Everywhere. I but it's the crappy one, man, with, like, a catapult attached to the, oh, like, the windshield. Balls. I'm like, oh, no. where's the original release? Mm. I would have gotten it for you in a heartbeat, man. But, like, yeah, Robert and I both agreed when we were trawling the toy aisles at Toys R Us. Like, it just, with that additional piece attached to it. And you can't take it off and without. You can't take it off. Oh. Well, Robert said that you could pull a pin out and dis- dislodge the catapult arm, but then it would still leave this blocky, like, thing on top of the windshield. Yeah, anyway. what a waste, yeah. Oh, man, what shot, dude, waste. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Hang in there, buddy. And here's another one. You know you're a G.I. Joe fan when you watch a movie from a completely different franchise, like Transformers, and you imagine the military characters as G.I. Joes. <laughs> right? Because that's what I do. That's how, like, the latter part of the Transformers movies actually started making sense and being fun for me. So, Kujo, have you got one? You know you're a G.I. Joe fan when you pick Toxo Viper over airtight. <laughs> when you're listening to G.I. Joeberg. <laughs> right, or indeed, ha- one of the members of G.I. Joeberg. Rob, did you ever anticipate that your relationship with G.I. Joe would last this long? I didn't think I ever thought about it. Um, I, I didn't think that, that there would be a time that I wouldn't be into GI Joes. 
So I'm still happy that mm, I am. But they don't. They no longer have any retail presence. I mean, it was easy when we were buying the stuff. <laughs> we were also kids, which helped. But I mean, I'd say that our actual purchasing has slowed down somewhat. Which is certainly yours, man. So what keeps you coming back, bro? <laughs> because I force you to. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I just enjoy. I enjoy like like just continuing talking about it and thinking about it and and just having them around me. And also, there's so much stuff to catch up on that isn't toy-related as well. There's, like, tons of comic books that, that I still need to read and still need to get through. I think I'm about 30 or 40 issues into the new run. And it's nice. it's still going good, dude. Go you. I, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, I think th- there's a resurgence. There's something happening there which is quite cool, and I quite enjoy it. So, yeah, the characters are still interesting and fresh, I think. You know you're a G.I. Joe fan. When you're not sure if you're a G.I. Joe or not. Oh, that is true. When you've thought about who are you, when you've thought about joining Cobra or G.I. Joe, yeah. I mean, in practice, like, Steven's a G.I. Joe. Like, let me count the Mm. ways. Uh, Paul's a G.I. Joe. Cujo's a G.I. Joe. Rob is MF Scoop. (laughs) So, I mean, you know. I don't know, Cooch, are you a G.I. Joe? Are any of us G.I. Joes? I I think that um, good old Nolan Brothers logic from The Dark Knight holds in this case. And it's it's that line that goes on about how you either die a hero or you live to see yourself the villain. If you spend, if, if you age out of your idealism and become more jaded and more cynical and more mistrusting, uh, and more disenfranchised with the way the world is, you're less inclined to fight for it. You're more inclined to fight for change. Or, in the most selfish sense, fight for Mr. Number One. Fight for you. you to change it in your image, yeah. This is a line that I wanted to insert into the sort of battle of wills between uh, Major Blood and Ricondo in Blood in the Water. And that was the the, the sense that Major Blood saw a lot of himself in Rikondo. Because Major Blood has had a long and illustrious military career, infamous, in fact, you know, in the armies of the world. And yet now he's he's in it for himself. Rikondo is not that person. Rikondo is several years behind him and is still fighting for patriotism, a nation, flag, honor. All these kind of notions that might seem lofty but at the end of the day, leave you completely disenfranchised and out in the cold. I think the older I get, the more I become an agent of Cobra Command, guys. Whoa. Mm. That's too cliche. Is it now? Can you go the other way? Are you becoming a member of G.I. Joe? No, we are. Like, okay, who's who's that cat? Richard Cox. Yes. Richard, welcome, brother. Welcome to G.I. Joeberg. I think it goes like this. Like, who did they come for first and who will they come for last because they failed the first time? G.I. Joe. If we don't win a Rondo award for what Steven just said, because <laughs> between your clean sweep, which people will be unpacking the the deep uh, sexual layers in that, that, that breakdown for a while, I, I think that we stumbled into what, what it is. At least, do I think I'm a G.I. Joe? Yeah, because I, I I try and keep integrity in my voice in an age of media where it's pretty much all sold out. And 
And I, I, I see it, you know, I see the stress and I, you know, I could break so many ways right now, but I think at the end of the day, what makes you GI Joe is that we're still going to turn up like, Oh, you think, you think this world's a punching bag now? GI Joe Berg will turn up on your ass. Yeah. I think that's what it is. It's, so you got full force on the dailies, even though uh, the East Coast is looking shaky. Cheers, brother. I see you. You got John Royal, you know, is that convention in Joe Fest? If it goes down, I'll be there, guys. Um, buy a hundred black books. Get me there. Um, I think we have. <laughs> it's, it's, I, I don't think uh, I think that's what G.I. Joe is. I, you know, I could keep going. Is that uh, we're here. And of course, it's about plastic. That's how we all met. And Stephen and I have had this conversation half a dozen times that it's a it's what brings it together. It's the common language. And they took it seriously back then. That's why we take it serious now. Mm. Yes, I'm being poetic, but I'm not wrong. What is G.I. What what was the question again, Paul? I think we drifted somewhat. It was um, what is. Well, I was like, you know, you're a G.I. Joe fan win. So that's. Uh. Yeah. Well, I did actually respond to Richard's thread and got a little bit self-indulgent on it. Now, most people, when they hear me speak, and this is certainly true during my school career, assume a bookish nature. They assume that I'm some kind of big reader full of big words. <laughs> Rob knows this to not be the case. <laughs> but you do I have big words. Shit. I don't read shit. Hell yeah. <laughs> well, at least not novel reading. The author of my childhood, the man whose words I poured over every time I had to take a shit, <laughs> to put it in the most unglamorous terms, and that was a lot of shit, I mean, it's an entire childhood's worth, uh, <laughs> was Mr. Larry Harmer. Every time he dropped a word that was clearly not intended for a young audience, but forced you to think and look it up, I was educated. My mind was expanded. There were concepts that I still had to unpack later on in life that eluded me completely as a child, be it the file cards, be it the comic book. I mean, if I was to name one key author of my life, he will top every list, every permutation you could possibly have of, of ways of me thinking about it. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, at one point I did attend a tertiary institution and did get a degree. So I read extensively at least in my education career. Uh, but got to come back to Mr. Harmer. He's the man. And spiraling out from that, my imaginative play inspired by his works and having the little avatars, the actual plastic G.I. Joe action figures, I'd say that developed my role play muscle. And that is why I do what I do as a living. I shunned every other potential opportunity uh, either by by realizing that it was a dead end or not even attempting it i i decided at least on a subconscious level that i needed to be in the performing arts i needed to just speak and perform and create characters and, and reinvent and be something new and that came from the late night toy sessions that i had with rob and l playing multiple characters, filling in the flesh and bones of the story, building it together, having some kind of overarching narrative, but always being oh so welcoming to the curveball that other people gave. 
You know, it is a kind of an acting exercise in improvisation, if you will, that everyone brings something new and you adapt and you don't break character and you keep it alive. You keep keep the balls in the air to kind of use a, a juggling imagery. Keep your balls in the air. Keep your balls in the air. So I guess my very long-winded answer is like, that's what G.I. Joe means to me, man. It is my life. <laughs> Without, you know, making the point too too explicitly, it, it, it literally is. It's my everything. It's my career. It's my friendships. And it's the thing that fires my, I don't know, enthusiasm, my lust for life. I don't like buying fashionable clothes or video games or movies. I like plastic. There's nothing wrong with fashionable clothing or video games or, or Buddy, movie. I think I, I get clothing out of necessity. It's like, oh, yeah? hmm, my underwear all has holes in them. I'm going to buy some more underwear. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a case of like, ooh, <laughs> I'm going to get those Calvin Kleins because they're so fashionable. And now we know. Mm. And you know you're a G.I. Joe <laughs> And you know you're a G.I. Joe fan when somebody says, and now you know, and you sort of roll your eyes and you're like, Knowing is half the battle, <laughs> you know. Hmm. So, I don't know. I've never watched it. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Larry. <laughs> um, oh, uh, Larry. Uh, he's cool though. He's a really cool guy. He's a cool cat. He's the best. I got to say, for me, wow. Okay, so you touched on a lot of stuff that I think we can all relate to uh, here on the podcast, and obviously, uh, those of you out there who are listening. Um, but for me, it's very much been about friendship. Um, if there's one toy line that in my entire life has always been about friendship and has always, and it's filled with toy, like friend memories, it's G.I. Joe. And, um, you know, as early as my, you know, time with David and I would do the same thing, set up these huge battles in his parents' house, in his lounge, while they were at, at the, at work, working at the restaurant and everything, him and I would like, literally take over that whole lounge and i'd bring all my vehicles and all my joes and we would have these like epic battles and then as you know you guys know we would we evolved them into like super powered shooting beams out of their hands type people gamble says hi heart rumbles but then like this crazy thing happened and it feels like it wasn't that long ago but it actually was quite a long time ago uh mark bellamo's uh ultimate guide to gi joe came out and uh i i remember seeing that in the previews magazine and going, I want one of those. Because up until that point, I'd asked like people to, you know, if they deal with G.I. Joe, you know, all these toy people that I knew, like they would come to the shop. I'm like, you know, these big collectors, I'd be like, oh, do you collect G.I. Joe, whatever. And the one or two guys that I did meet, uh, they didn't collect the toys. They just had the comic books or they did have the toys, but they were going to hold on to them. And, and so there was no way for me to get these toys. So getting this book was like, was me sort of, like throwing in the towel, kind of going, well, I'm never going to really get my hands on these toys. I might as well just get this book and then I can at least have all the pictures of all of the stuff and then sort of reminisce over these, uh, over the moments and whatever's when I did have them. <laughs> Little did I know <laughs> that that book would be the thing that sort of broke the ceiling on everything because I got that book and then, I don't know, call it the universe or whatever it is, but G.I. Joe stuff started finding me. Uh, because it wasn't too long after that that the G.I. Joe movie was announced. And then one of our, uh, one of the guys that was working at the shop, he was going to America and he asked me if I wanted anything. And I said, well, Ryan, dude, if you see any G.I. Joes on the shelves, because I, as far as I knew, there, there were G.I. Joes in stores, uh, grab me one, you know? 
And so he did, and he brought back a, a Sigma Six Snake Eyes. Because <laughs> um, you and his words were, yeah, they had these, and then they had the crappy small ones. And I looked at him, and I was like, thank you, Ryan, you're so cool. And then when I got home and I was assembling my Sigma Six Snake Eyes, I was like, crappy small ones. Damn it, that's what I wanted. <laughs> you know? um, and then, like, sh- uh, following that, like, hot on the heels of that, the movie figures sort of came out. And they were available in stores here. And, of course, I went and grabbed them all out. And that's when I met you. Uh, I met you very shortly after that, Steve. And then I cracked the eBay thing. And and then the little the child in me that always wanted to have this massive collection of toys, of Joe toys, and wanted to sort of uh, unlock all the mysteries of G.I. Joe. Because there was a lot of mystery behind G.I. Joe for me as a kid growing up. Because I had so little of the actual cartoon and so little of the, of the comic books that... Uh, a lot of G.I. Joe stuff between David and I was mere speculation based on what we had read in the file cards. And I had always dreamt of, wow, it would be so cool if I could have A, that Snake Eyes that I love so much, and B, to have like uh, tons of G.I. Joes, you know, like have them all at my like at my disposal to play with. And I got to say, a lot of that has come true because I've got all the graphic novels, for example, which is something I really love about G.I. Joe. Um, I don't think I love it as much as you do, Steve, uh, as much as I'd like to. Um, but your connection with that runs deep. That's, that's, <laughs> wow. That's, it's really hectic. I mean, I, I have that same Sorry, thing. Bro. I, I do tend to dramatize. It's that thing that I do. <laughs> no, but I, I gotta say, like, as much as I would love to credit Larry Harmer for that, um, I've had many other comic book, uh, heroes, uh, or writers that have, uh, sort of, gotten me there you know j michael straczynski ron mars and all of those other dudes and so i mean to name a few uh paul dini is another but not so much comic writer although he has written comics uh very much uh, uh animated series writer the writer of batman the animated series so i have those guys to thank for a lot of things but the toy gi joe the toy has never left me and even now it's the toy that brings me the most excitement. And, and I often see Transformers uh, all the time. And I, I, I've actually said something, I'll said as much in the last episode. I love Transformers and I think they're great. But I can never bring myself to collect them because there's so damn many of them. And there's always a new Optimus Prime every year or twice a year or three times a year. And mm-hmm. something about... But what about when you get really deep in the roster? I didn't mention it in new shit, but I got the new Spinister. Does anyone yeah. know who Spinister is? I know the name, because I'm sure I've seen it on BBTS. He's a double target master from 1988 or 9, maybe 89. I loved this guy's design in the comic books, and I loved his tech spec bio in the back of one of the Marvel issues. And I finally have a super, super cool version of him. God bless Transformers, man. They've gotten really deep on their um, their roster. But yeah, it's just really awesome to have this great collection of toys that I can just take down at any moment when I want to. I, I just take a handful, take three, take one with me, and I've got that, and that's cool. And like that's GI Joe for me, you know. And that's why I love collecting the stuff still. And you know, I'm pretty sure that if I was maybe a little crazier, I could have just for three or four months just dedicated tons and tons and tons of money to collecting GI Joe. But there is a part of me that sort of wants it to go a bit slow, you know, because I don't want to have the entire set. I know, I think I said it like maybe two or three years ago. Oh, I'd love to complete the whole vintage line within the next three or four years. 
But as I've been doing that, I've actually been enjoying the sort of slow pace of it, of it all. Um, and enjoying every, every, you know, two or three Joes that come my way or in the most recent case, 10. <laughs> um, and really pouring over them. I mean, they're on my night table right now and I'm pouring all, over all of them at, uh, you know, at different times. I mean, I'm excited about Lightfoot, guys. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the depth of it for me right now. And that's cool. And it's like Steven said, it's like from, from Nolan's Batman. G.I. Joe's aren't the toys we deserve, but the toys we need. <laughs> or something like that. That sounds about right. I did right. enjoy your live stream, Paul. Thanks, man. And it was so cool. Like, I got some really nice comments there, except for one. You know who that is. But uh, the rest were great. The rest, um, I just got such great, like, feedback. Apparently, I'm, I sound smooth. <laughs> Which is, which is awesome. I'm a whiskey. <laughs> so, yeah. Whiskey Paul. Whiskey Paul. So I guess uh, on the way out, we should get social, boys. Uh, Paul, you just mentioned it, man. Uh, if people want to check out your live stream, it's worth looking at. Because Thanks, Paul dude. does some pretty damn good renditions of some classic G.I. Joe and Cobra characters. And what's more, his narration... Uh, and his motivation when discussing these characters and the way he's portraying them is pretty damn intelligent. Sometimes you surprise even me, Paul. Oh, thanks, really man. Do. I don't know it's how to take it. It's an hour that. <laughs> long, and if you leave it on in the background, let me tell you, you will be the better for it. It will definitely leave an impression on you. It certainly did for me. I'm glad I, I went through that voyage. And I'd be interested to catch another one. Turns out, like, Robert and I were... Robert Kalupitan, I should say, we're actually at a restaurant and the notification came in that you were going live. Had we known, we yeah. would have been uh, ready to respond in the chats, but unfortunately we were, you know, romancing. <laughs> oh, <laughs> romancing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, little little uh, Italian number together. Don't tell the wife. <laughs> Whose wife? <laughs> Either of ours. <laughs> no, guys, I got to... That whole live stream thing, because I was like, okay, I'm just going to live stream. I'll just record my screen, whatever. And then, you know, and while I'm setting it up, I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to send out the notification and let people know I'm going to do it. And then YouTube's like, no, i got to download some kind of encoding thing. So then I download it and then I install it and it goes up. So I'm like, okay, cool. And then it's like, okay, so what it's going to do is it's going to record me and then it's going to put it up on YouTube. So I'm like, okay, cool. No problem. And so I look at what you meant to do and you're supposed to hit record on the, on the encoder first so that it sends a signal to YouTube. And then when you're ready, you just start broadcasting on YouTube or whatever it was. So, first, so the first five minutes or so of that episode is actually me, like literally finding out what the hell I have to do. So for the next one, I'll be better prepared and I'll send out a little bit of a notification. I was going to send out a notification like a little bit earlier, but then you were releasing cold fire. And I didn't want to take the fire from Cold Fire. Eh. So I just wanted to just sort of sneakishly put this in there so that people could like watch this while they were waiting for Cold Fire. Sneakishly, you know. Yeah, it's like that's the whole yeah. word. Anyway, it was a great test. Um, I'm glad I didn't have too much of a spotlight on me. So between that and Cold Fire and Cujo's Night Modes, you've got some content in the pipeline. Uh, as I say, yep. I'll be dropping a, an interview with Mr. Kalupitan plus our various toy voyages uh, a random mystery unboxing of all things. Nice. Yeah, yeah. It's all coming thick and fast. I have joined the, well, 
can't really call it the cast of because it's just me and Chief. But uh, <laughs> bucket list achievement unlocked. I am now co-host on Talking Joe with Chief and S Jubs. Fantastic, dude. Handle. Nice. Um, yeah. I don't know about that name. <laughs> yeah, no, well, you know, you, you you don't actually get any discretion. Chief will give you your handle, and you have nothing but to accept it. I I took up the the, the call by total happenstance because uh, it was evident that Chris's Chris McLeod's workload was not getting any lighter, and something had to go. Talking Joe was that thing, and uh, Chief just said on his group, like, "Sorry guys, it looks like we'll be." On hiatus or something. On hiatus, yeah. The show will be going away until further notice. And I was like, ha, 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 ha. You need a new co-host? I was half joking. <laughs> but uh, a few hours later, I get a, a private message. Hey, Steve, were you serious? I'm like, shoot, let's do it. So a couple of hours after that, we knocked out our first episode. And um, while I do anticipate some people just uh, like to say kind things... Uh, I don't know if it was met with too much disappointment. So hopefully we can just keep this train on the tracks. Um, we certainly have got a revolving door if any time Chris wants to step back in. Or Ben, for instance, the original co-host. Um, we just want to keep the chemistry and the, the, the Joe talk going for as long as possible and chew our way through the current Larry Harmer G.I. Joe run. It's certainly giving me a better appreciation of the stuff. I mean, I read through it, kind of skimmed it to just kind of get up on current events. But now I'm actually, you know, going over it with a fine-tooth comb and getting some further enjoyment out of it, which is exactly what I needed because, like, reading something to complete something is no way to read. Just like binge-watching a series really takes the joy out of it. It really does. Yeah, man. You gotta, you gotta do things because you love them, not because you just gotta find out how it ends. That's bull. The journey is the destination, boys. Yeah, you might as well just go on Wikipedia or something. <laughs> just, just read the the synopsis. It's so much easier. But if you actually want to do it properly. Yeah, but I got, I agree with Stephen. It's, it's the journey, not the destination. Yeah, no, exactly. But you know, like if you're just trying to binge watch something, then just watch the. Just read the conclusion of what the thing is if you're not interested in actually going through it properly. I mean, this is like wasting your own time. It's true. true. And while everybody's like locked away around the world, we do have a virtual marketplace. Just drop the hashtag G.I. Joe on Twitter. It doesn't matter what you're selling. If if the community can help you out, I'll retweet it. You know, so that's what it is. Um, We're here to help. Uh, You know where to find uh, me anyway. And for F's sake, pick up a black book because it's the best comic book in 2020. <laughs> That's all. <Ooh. laughs> uh, pick it up. It helps a dozen people around this world significantly. And uh, it'll probably be one of the most talked about books this year. So that's that's me for for this episode. I know I've been speaking a lot of meta shit, but, you know, you know what we're staring down and uh, positive vibes to the community. And we're here. Absolutely. Cool. What you got, Rob? We gotta be positive and happy and stay together, and hopefully the rest of this year will will ins- will inspire the people out there having difficult times and um, inspire them to hopefully find the happiness that is there waiting for them. Um, yeah, I hope everyone stays well, stay safe, stay healthy, and uh, wash your hands. 
Washing our hands. That's that's the thing we do these mm. days. Do it a lot. Not too much though. Just Indeed. enough. Anybody on the comments thread uh, on the cold fire video that dropped this weekend past? Thank you. That certainly is my happy place. If I've had a tough day, but I see someone's commented positively, and let me just say, overwhelmingly positively, uh, the comments have been great. Mm-hmm. It really does um, give me some pep in my step. That's what we should close out with, some cold fire love. Dude, you got the Great Wall of China with snow job? Did that happen? <laughs> yeah, of course it did. Thankfully it did. That's amazing. Yeah, look, I mean, it was a very snap thing. I, I realize my creative process is not um, planned at all. It's literally a case of like, oh, I'm going sightseeing to this place today. Who would make sense? Who do I have? Uh, you know, of course, I was hiking a lot of that wall and uh, couldn't pack an abundance of stuff. But um, snow job made sense. And in spite of the fact that it looks like a gorgeous, sunshiny day, it was below freezing. So uh, I guess he's appropriate. Though, yeah, the, the, the fact that I battled to find snow in China was a ball ache. I had approximately two and a half hours worth of actual snow. The rest, fake snow. <laughs> Crazy. Spoilers. Say it ain't so. It's the stuff that actually that that is stuffed into diapers. <laughs> the stuff that kind of absorbs moisture. Oh my word, expands. dude! So you ripped a bunch yeah. of diapers open. No, you can buy the stuff. It's like a white powdery substance that you add uh, one part to ten parts water, and it just—it's the most incredible thing, you know. Just kind of like <laughs> volcanoes out of the tub, <laughs> and it looks like snow. Anyway. I can send you pictures of the, the setup. Secrets. It was literally like... I think uh, our viewers uh, need to see that. <laughs> I I will be sure to do a making of... For anyone still in the dark, um, my time out of South Africa, I decided to, of necessity, had to scale things down to very much more personal stories, uh, just about the action figures, not massive vehicle set pieces. Uh, the end product was called Bad Luck Lady, which is essentially Jinx's story. How she factors into G.I. Joe. It's maybe a retelling. Or maybe just a gap that needed to be filled. I'm like, eh, Jinx did not get recruited through the conventional means. Mm. She certainly didn't get pulled from the you know, the armed services. She's got a connection to Snake Eyes and connection to the Arashikage. But how does that then make her a G.I. Joe? Anyway, Bad Luck Lady is that story. It also involves the twins and a nuclear weapons program being masterminded by Cobra in China. But, um, yeah, take a look at the YouTube channel. I think the easiest way to do it would be to look up in the playlists uh, drop-down, mm. or the, the playlists portal. Click on Bad Luck Lady, and you'll be able to watch the three installments in order, and hopefully make sense of this thing. You can binge watch but, it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, I mean, it was a labor of love, and it was it was tricky to do, because it was all done on the fly, on the road, trying to string this together ad hoc, a a cohesive storyline that involved a very tight cast of characters. I mean, at one point, I had my mother mule the twins to me in China because one of the new Matildas was um, being rehearsed in Cape Town. And so, and this was the daughter of one of my mother's 
Don's colleagues. Anyway, six degrees of separation is <laughs> That's very how you important. got the twins there. When when you get your yeah, you got to smuggle, man. You got to get that that stuff. You got to get get your contraband in. Toys, mm. Chinese government. We're talking about toys. It was very interesting trying to get my mother to find Tomax and Zaymot. It was like, Mom, they're sitting in the trouble bubbles. <laughs> yeah, the thing that looks like a hair dryer, <laughs> like a hair dryer that you would find at a salon. Yeah, those guys. They're blue. The what? Spell yeah. it. Yes, I know. Their thumbs are broken off. <laughs> Anyways, these and other stories will hopefully find their way into a commentary track, which hey, it's definitely on the to-do list. Fantastic. Wow, I actually didn't realize there was so much stuff. Cool, guys. Plenty. Well, I, I'm, I'm, I've run out of stuff, cool stuff to say for this episode. I think when Paul has run out of cool stuff to say, because he just spouts cool stuff all the time. Exactly. It right? never stops. He's just so good. He's the best at cool stuff. There's nothing but cool stuff just <laughs> avalanching out of his mouth. He's like diaper stuffing. <laughs> Add water to it. Yeah. Water. Put it in the tub. That's like TMI. T- action figure TMI. It wasn't snow. It was diaper padding. Oh, shit. All right. Um, well, dude, if we're running out of TP, just <laughs> incontinence diapers, brother. Full circle. Um, stay tuned for me and Paul doing a Black Book live stream. He's going to sketch a character, so I will put that in the socials when it's coming at you. Oh, Kujo, I can't wait. I love yes. It. I love it. I can't waiting for that episode either. Black Book live streams. Amazing. Yep. Guys, in these troubled times, G.I. Joburg will keep coming at you. Don't worry. You can perhaps not set your watch by us, <laughs> but uh, we'll eventually get there. We run on African time. Mm-hmm. Can you blame us? You, know, you, you never know when it's going to get done, but it'll, it'll get done one day. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Joe Berg, everybody. Yo, Joe Berg. 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 <laughs> <laughs>